confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Marriott Makes a Movie. Where have you been, you bull slaphead? Why, mate? Listen, there's been a lot of problems with the weather and, it, and it, people have been difficult to get hold of, so I've had to cancel a couple of conversations and you know, I've got other stuff to do, you know, in my life. So what's happening with the movie then, Marek? Well, currently the budget is £400. I've actually spent roughly £49 of it on stamps and badges for fans and I bought um, a programme for £15 called Mac Loops which was a music programme where it's basically an archive of loads of loops to make your own music and let me tell you listeners it is a load of shit most of the sounds were sounding like someone had made them by pissing in a bin but I did um, have used them to make the new theme tune and end bits and that's about all I've got out of it. So I've just wasted I've wasted your money. Um, what's happening with this film then? Well, I had to change the idea from my original film to an idea which is going to be more of a sort of vlog, sort of murder story. That's the plan. Um, and I'm going to wait until hopefully I've got a bit more of a budget. Uh, I've got some work coming up from March and April, normal work, which I'll be getting along with. And then late summer, I hope to start the film or start practicing the film in the meantime i will be filming some other shorts my youtube channel in another project which i will tell you about when that's ready um but that's where i am at the moment so yeah i'm still doing it right so stop hassling me anyway who wants to hear me talking not many people because it just sounds awful so let's go on with it. This week, I went to meet my old friend, James Branch, and we talked about editing, which, of course, is the, almost as important as directing and all that business. Anyway, he had lots of good things to say, and at the end of the podcast, I will pass on some of the tips that he had for good websites. So let's get to it. It's Marit Makes a Movie. What's it about? I'll tell you. Talking to filmmakers about stuff. Editing. Camera work. Directing. Acting. All sorts. Mainly bullshit. Oh, where am I now? I am round my good friend James Branch's house. James Branch is a human being, firstly... A father, second, secondly, or for, for, yeah, yeah, 
and then an editor. Would you say that's a fair? That's very, that's uncannily <laughs> accurate. Yeah, I used to be a human being, but now I just look after children and edit when I have time, so I can buy food for them. But you used to, so we met doing doing stand up comedy. Yes, and you used to work uh, editing tr- film trailers. That's right. Yeah, I was at a, a place of, that was like an advertising agency, but it was just for film marketing. So we did. I, I edited trailers. I started off post producing trailers. And then I got into editing trailers, and uh, we but the same company. We did the posters and the cardboard standees and radio ads and you know, ads in the press, all that kind of stuff. So it was all packaged for marketing films. I would love to be the man who cut out the cardboard things. <laughs> it's a very, was there a man in a room with scissors cutting out the? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I think the cardboard thing is very sophisticated. It's a big, big market. I think the guys who used to work there went off and created their own company for making cardboard oh, really? standees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think it's a very sophisticated market, cardboard. I mean, that's a whole new. That's a whole other podcast. When when you're down the line, you've made your movie, then you need to make your 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 Marek standee. I can put you in touch with those guys. Yeah, your your cardboard. Um, So now you're doing freelance work. um, Which I mean, basically, you spent most of your life in in a room. Yeah, in a small room. Yeah, I spent. I worked for the uh, for that company for nearly twenty years, and I was in a basement in Soho in a windowless room for the best part of two decades. Now you've got a window. Now I've got a window, yeah. So we're around so looking up. We're around James's house, and I was going to ask a few questions about uh, editing things. Um, now these days, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be eight K. Everyone yeah. bangs on about you need to shoot your film in four K, mm-hmm. um, and even at Netflix, I think they de- they insist you deliver it in four K. Yeah, I think yeah, they want you to deliver it in four K. I think so. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I think. Um, <clears throat> there's no uh yeah i think if, if you've got an ambition to put it on uh something like netflix in the future i think it's you, people have to do it on in 4k it's not necessary well it's, it's like a delivery requirement but there's also an artistic choice as well so i don't know whether um how, how important it is but i think it's just the way it's going i think but i think 4k anything above 4k then the human eye really starts to... You don't gain anything visually, really. Is it 8K is it supposed to be? Something I don't know. It's crazy. But what people do, I mean, for David Fincher, he shoots things 5 or 6K. And so then when when, when they make um, stabilisation of an image, they've still got enough area around the borders to, to maintain a purely 4K image. Yeah. So that's what the, he does. Um, but and the other thing people do is if they're shooting an interview, they'll shoot it. Uh, wide and then they've got they can zoom in so if they want to deliver a 2k or an hd master they've still got the latitude to zoom into a close-up so they've got a white they shoot so they're basically shooting their wide shot of an interview and their close-up in the same shot yeah so that's the other consideration that people Cause do people because alexa is the camera that everyone uses for films mm. and they've just announced that they're finally going to do a 4k thing but all right everyone just uses most of the films you see Mm. A shot in in the cinema, a shot on Red or Alexa, and more and more Alexa stuff, and that's not four K. So I don't really. Yeah, or still on film. I mean, they do. You know, all the Star Warses were done on film, and Christopher Nolan shoots on film. Spielberg still shoots on film, but I don't know. By the time they've gone into you know special effects, they don't. They don't they, they, that that the relationship with film ends. You saying I should shoot on film then? No. Maybe um, Super Eight. Do a Super Eight one. That'd be awesome. So when you're uploading, I'm just talking about this this footage first of all. When you're uploading uh-huh. this 4K stuff, you, because computers can't handle the amount of data it is, mm-hmm. you create proxy files, which are yeah. just, and that means basically just a sort of low-res version of... That's right, yeah, yeah. That's what, so it's basically, so it's not, you work with a file that's not as taxing on the computer. 
so you can edit you know especially if you're using multi cameras and it will really bog down your so I've, I've worked on a 4k low budget feature which they shot it completely 4k on red cameras and so um, I had to make proxy files from that so what you do is a proxy file makes a, a, a quarter of the resolution of the original file so I had 4K images, so I ended up. So the, the proxy files are actually just HD, 1920 by 1080. So that's what you're using. And on Final Cut Pro 10, which is what I use, there's just a setting where you're looking at the original footage, or you look at the proxy footage, and it just clicks from one to the other, and that's it. And you just have to remember at the end. So, all, so you bring the stuff in, you make proxies, you work with it throughout, and then when, only at the last minute when you want to do your final export, you flick it back to original, and you're working on your four, from your 4K masters. And when you get, uh, I mean, you spend a lot of time editing stuff, and you've yeah. done sort of films as well. Yeah. When you get all the footage in, mm -hmm. is there any sort of common mistakes or things you think are oh, they didn't get enough coverage, or they wish they'd done that? Anything you could say mm -hmm. to a director as that would help your job or help you? Or what helps you in the edit? So, what's your perfect sort of package of stuff? Not think, too much footage, or yeah, well, it's it's different. I mean. Um, I mean, some people, I mean, David Fincher will shoot, you know, 90 takes of a scene, whereas Christopher Nolan will shoot, uh, he'll do 90 takes of a shot, and Christopher Nolan will do two or three or four takes. So everyone's different, really. I think it's just a question of communication. You know, I think that's one of the the bugbears that a lot of editors complain about now is you're just having to deal with so much footage. Film is such an expensive medium to capture, especially when you're making a low-budget film. You wouldn't get so much footage. So I remember when I made my student film, we were like, right, we've got to be really careful what we film because this is costing every second is costing money. Yeah. Whereas now with digital, it's all just you know SD cards and whatever, and and you know, buy some more hard drives. So you're just you're swamped with footage. So I think the main thing is communication. You've got to communicate with your with your either script supervisor or with your just report sheet saying, well, I, yes, I've shot 20 takes of this, but just use the last two. Don't, you, know, don't, you, have, you haven't got time to watch all of it, so just watch the first two, the last two, and then when you, once you get down into, into the, into the nitty-gritty of fine-tuning and edit, then you might have to go back to the earlier takes to, um, to, to find something that will help you solve a problem. Do you still enjoy editing stuff? I do enjoy it. The main reason it's because I've been doing it for so long, but you still learn something every day. <clears throat> you know, every on every job, there's some other way. Either you have to learn something from a technical perspective, <clears throat> or a problem-solving perspective, and that's what makes it interesting. Is because it's um, essentially it's very simple. I mean, it hasn't really changed very much. You choose a bit of picture, you put it next to another bit. You choose a bit of sound. That hasn't changed. You can you can do that on iMovie or on your phone. Or on a on a on the most expensive computer you can buy with the best footage, so no matter who you are as a filmmaker, you're still facing this, exactly the same problems that Steven Spielberg does and Christopher Nolan does and whoever does, um, and uh, that's what makes it fascinating. It's because there's always a, a different way to do something. Does it make you want to go and shoot things yourself? Um, no, I, I don't know. I I did directing. I did a little bit. I'm not. I don't think. I think I'm more of a sort of stay in a room and, and work on stuff. I'm not really sort of a too much of a social animal i think you have to be really sort of um uh, much more of an entrepreneur than i am much more of a sort of a people person perhaps i am i don't really sure i've got the, the skills for it in that time. i really enjoy I, when i make things mm. i don't some people say they really enjoy the shooting of it yeah i am not you i think i like being in the edit mm -hmm. so even when i've made vlogs and things like that i sometimes i really hated those bits and having to talk out loud in front yeah, of yeah 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 and it's when you get back 
Mm. Although I do find myself swearing at myself, saying, <laughs> did get it all, just not holding a shot for mm, mm. long enough, thinking it's you know five seconds is uh, long enough for a uh, GV shot or something. Mm, mm. Um, when you you've edited on, people might think, oh, what, what do I edit on? You it's quite, you said you can edit on iMovie. Yeah, you use Final Cut. I use Final Cut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rather than Pre- Premiere and Avid are the other ones as well. But yeah, well, Premiere and Avid um, and Final Cut Pro Seven used to just replicate the way you would edit film. You'd have tracks, you'd have your film track and you'd have a succession of audio tracks. And that's the way, and that's basically, they're just trying to, and then you, they still use references like bins and the bin was something that you hung strips of film on and the, the film would go down into the bin and you'd pull the film out of the bin and you and bring, put that into your edit, either on a PicSync or a Steambeck or a, a Movieola or whatever. And you, they still use references to keyframes and stuff. Whereas Final Cut Pro 10 is far more, um, anchored towards the way we move, make way things are shot now digitally and, and working on a database and it's all much trackless and it, you just you just can work it just makes it much more fast and fluid to edit rather than having to worry about where you're putting picture and where you're putting sound at any given time and how long well, I talk about films in in general so you made you had to, you edited an entire f- uh, feature film no I didn't this one I just um, what happened was it had been edited and they wanted a promo reel so I edited the promo reel and then their relationship with the editor sort of came to an end he wasn't working on it anymore so they asked me to look at the film uh, overall to give it a sort of a polish so I made some edits and I mainly sort of did some music sequences and added new music and uh, so I sort of gave the film a, 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 a pass and then I oversaw sort of the post-production so I had to take it out of an Avid and using Final Cut Pro 10 and Resolve which is a free free um, system I um, got it into Final Cut Pro 10, then I took over sort of the the, sort of the post production of it, and I did some additional editing on it as well. So when I make this film, mm-hmm. I do the fo- when. So you, what I've learned is when you have to deliver something, it's a lot more complicated than just um, uploading it to YouTube. You need to fit yeah, yeah, yeah. a certain amount of criteria for the film to be, be screened in the cinema. So you said, uh-huh. is it uh, what a DCP is what. Uh, yeah, basically, because I had to learn how to do it myself. Because we went, we they filmed, they finished the film, and then we locked the cut, and then they got a deal with the post production house to, um, to to finish the film off, to mix it, and to um, to grade it as well. And then they wanted to, and then basically at the end of the film, what you what you see at a cinema is what is what's called a digital cinema package, and all it is is a video file, an audio file in a folder, and it gets uh, it gets um, projected onto a screen. And the production company, the post-production house, wanted three and a half thousand pounds to do this, and they just didn't have the money. This is an ultra-low-budget film, mm. and it was like, well, this, these guys are first. This, she's a first-time writer, producer, director. It's a really good first-time film. You know, they should have done her a favour. So I went on the internet and I found a, a free piece of software called OpenDCP, and I figured out how to do it myself. You just make, uh, you have to make just a um, an image sequence of the entire film. You then make an MXF file, which is just a video file of the film, and then you have to make a, an audio file, and you put it together in this in this little simple little bit of software, and it just creates all the elements it needs. And we put it on uh, put it put it on Dropbox and sent it all around the world to various festivals. It was shown on the uh, the National Film Theatre everywhere, and we did it for nothing. And we ended up having to make four or maybe even five DCPs because we had to change some of the credits. We had to add logos. We had to add um, the BBFC certification at the front. So we ended up having to make you know um, several DCPs, which could have cost 
three and a half thousand pounds each, and we ended up costing us nothing. And you just got a program called Open D- Open DCP. Yeah, I've written this down in a book that I definitely lose. And never... But people do that. I mean, because that's this that's for a feature film. But people have if, if you make a short film or even a trailer, and you want to send it to a festival, chances are they'll want a DCP. You'll have to make one, and um, and that's that's the way of doing it. And, and so it's a bit annoying that the industry was so sort of you know sort of short sighted in not supporting someone who's a you know, a first-time director um, with you know, just doing a deal, yeah, helping them out a bit more. Um, when we talked about adding music to it, mm-hmm. I sort of downloaded. I spent some of our listeners' money mm-hmm. by buying some loops for the film just to have a look at them, right. see, and they were awful. So yeah. I wasted. I wasted some. I wasted fifteen pounds <laughs> of our listeners' money. How much? About fifteen quid. Like what, what, ma- what is ma- that percentage of your overall budget? Well, at the moment, um, I think it's four hundred pounds, and I've spent on badges and stamps and and yeah. and this program forty eight pounds. Right. Okay. I think you might need to get a, a production accountant. I think. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very transparent <laughs> with the accountant. Um, <laughs> it's all on the website. Good. Um, where did you get your sound from? Your music from? Because I had the sound stripe. I've heard people mention. Yeah, there's loads, and it's amazing now because. When I worked at the agency, we just had this enormous corridor full of CDs. And if you wanted to track the music is the, for making trailers, music is the most important thing. And in movies, everyone knows you know, the impact of fantastic music makes to, to a movie. It can save it. Um, but now it's wonderful. You can go onto all these different websites like uh, Audio Network, uh, Premium Beats, uh, any of the Universal, um, uh, Extreme Music, and they, they, they uh, you either buy it through MCPS. Or you just what's uh, MCPS? It's the, the um, it's the copyright mm-hmm. um, thing. So you have to so you have to pay a license to, to use the. So if you're using it on a, online, it's cheaper. If you use it on a small budget film, it's cheaper. Yeah. If, you, if you're using it in a big movie, then you've got to pay full whack for it. And um, whereas things like Premium Beat and Audio Network are much much cheaper to use, but the quality of it is really good and it's very easy to search. So uh, yeah, music is thankfully a, um, a really uh, a, it's really well organised thanks to the internet. Premium Beat Audio Network. Premiumbeat.com Audio Network. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these are all uh, they're all, and you can download um, you can download samples so you can try it in your in your in your thing before you have to license it. Yeah, and they're all sort of cleared for YouTube. You know, when you put stuff on YouTube and then you get a copyright violation yeah. notice, and so they're usually all cleared for that. You don't get any grief. Um, and what about did you have to do anything on the sound as well? Yeah, I got a, uh, a friend of mine uh, to mix the mix the film, which is hugely important. And sound is obviously the, the thing that always gets um, ignored. And that's going back to your earlier question about what you can what can you do with uh, when you shoot your rushes is to is to respect sound. Mm. It's so crucial to, uh, to to get that. There's a, there's an old adage where you can you can get away with. You can just about get away with bad picture, but you can't get away with bad sound, mm. and it's very, very true. So you'll always have to, you know, concentrate on a on a really good soundtrack. But um, yeah, this wasn't the, this particular movie wasn't sort of a, an audio rich sort of landscape, so it wasn't like a sci-fi movie or a horror movie. But um, but yeah, I mean, you just you know, if you look at the, any credits of any movie, you'll see the sound department is, is is huge, and there's a good reason for that because it is crucial. It's time for a little break, just to have a relax. Let's get back to it. If I was going to edit my film, yeah, what would you say to me, someone at my level? Mm. What advice would you give to me? Editing is like just telling a story, and it's like writing. So you know, once upon a time, 
this happens the, the, here are these people and that's so you can almost if, if you watch anything that's edited from say the beginning of a film or a beginning of a tv series you can almost say those phrases over to yourself and you'll see them you'll see once upon a time or and you'll see an establishing shot of somewhere mm-hmm. magical kingdom or a space station or a cop you know um, office or whatever and that and, and it is just writing there's punctuation there's pauses there's um you know there's uh, there's um dramatic sequences there's it's just that, that's what editing is is like it's very much it's very much like writing and very much like and composing music as well it's got a lot Beats faster with it i mean you, you said to me about the uh so you said about the, the amount of time in between each cut yeah there is this rather than over over time as attention span is apparently yeah I, yeah i don't it's, it's really that's very annoying because when i worked in the in the ad agency it was like you everything had to be edited quickly because that was always some sort of barometer of how good it was if it was edited quickly which was just utter nonsense it's complete rubbish so um you know i remember we talked about a film called um to be and to have the the french documentary about the uh, yeah the children's school yeah and it's that the beginning of that is incredible because it has, just has these long shots of establishers in of the french countryside and there's one particular shot where you see a, a country lane and then you hear a car and the car drives past and the car disappears and it goes quiet again and this whole sequence of just these long shots where nothing happens just takes you down mm. brings your energy down and sets you in this rural uh, landscape with this very small school who's run by it was one teacher wasn't it yeah it's and, brilliant and, and I remember yeah. that distinctly it's just the whole thing just brings you down and calms you down and says right this is where we are this is the pace of life and this is this is it and that's I think that was a really good example of like because in any other film they go oh cut that just cut yeah, those quicker yeah. you know or you know have some jaunty music because this guy's a bit quirky so well, Lawrence yeah. of Arabia mm-hmm. I mean I always think of that scene of just uh, yeah, yeah, Omar yeah. Sharif appearing mm-hmm. over yeah that's a really long I mean, imagine cutting that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be pointless mm-hmm. I've got a, a very first question James go ahead this is from I'm just finding it on my I'm accessing it on my, my phone now. Good. You know, you got people are making phone, movies on phones now, aren't they? And TV shows on phones. It's crazy times. My stomach, as usual, my stomach is rumbling during. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Rob Marlin. Go on. He writes, "What makes a film feel like it's badly edited?" Please answer with examples taken only from the first Jack Reacher movie. <laughs> God, I haven't seen that. Um, it's weird because people always ask me, "Oh, you must watch the editing of stuff when you're when you're watching TV." And I, the answer to that is I do when it's when I'm I don't think it's very good because then you just start asking yourself why isn't this very good because mm. if it's good then you're in, you're in it you're engaged whereas if it's not very good you're you're sort of detached from it and you're and I think that happens a lot at the cinema where something will happen and I, that's it I'm out I'm out of this movie yeah. I'm just going to watch it I'm going to sort of analyze it yeah and I think um, and that happened to me several times with the new Star Wars film where I was just I'm in no I'm out no, I'm way we? out. I'm because out. of the story or because of the... Um... Just because of the, mainly the mechanics of the story and the decisions they were making and what I was being sort of presented with. I thought, well, hang on, what? Hey, eh? No, no. You've heard the story about all those... What those weird, fluffy bird creatures on the island? What are they called? Porgs. They were there to replace the puffins. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't They couldn't upset the puffins, so they had to put the porgs in. But that's the least of their problems. But yeah, but... Um, yeah, so just that, just like... Um, yeah, just be, if you're if you're engaged in the characters and the plot... Then you're just you're. It's washing over you. You're not. Uh, you're not. You're not watching. You're not sort of looking at it from a technical point of view. So um, yeah, you've got to just engage your audience. And if your audience is engaged, they they won't notice it. 
I, again, again, you, you're like, whenever you do, whenever you make an edit, you know, people will sit down and look at the rushes and go, well, where do we start? And it's just, again, it's like writing a story and it's like, it's all about just imparting nothing but crucial information. You're giving, you're showing your audience something, a person, a location, you're making them hear something. Everything has got to be there for a reason. What what it means may be down might be down the line. It might be they might they might just be later on when they fully realise the impact. But everything you're showing them and everything you're, they're hearing, it, there has to be some kind of a, a reason for it. And if there, there's no reason, if there's no reason for a shot or no reason for a sound, it has no business being in the, the edit. And that's ultimately what editing is about. You, you've got, you've got, it's like almost like writing gags. Mm. You're getting rid of any excess um, rubbish. Just to, 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 so it's just again with writing, you're getting rid of unnecessary words. You're you're editing like a book editor would. It's just you almost want the editor to be invisible. Yeah, absolutely. That's their job. Mm, precisely. Yeah, but you do get you know flashy you know stuff, stylized stuff that just doesn't belong in a in the film. And some people think that's you know, what people want to see. That some people have theories about attention spans, as you, as you said, and they think, oh, people want, want to see this. But people are always giving, you know, think the audience are less intelligent than they actually are, and they always seem to think they want to... You... It's executives who insist that the audiences are stupid. I think that's the thing. Mm. But um, my, I think badly edited things... I just hate car chases where there are shots which are terrible shots just to try and... Ex- Quick cut car chases like yeah, Die yeah. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I think I know if it's Die Hard Four, the one after that. Mm-hmm. There was a car chase, and half the shots weren't even anything visually. Mm-hmm. They're just like a, a car, a wheel, yeah, yeah. and just and it was just. I think that's a really good example because I think <clears throat> where you where you really see bad editing the most, I think, is where when I've noticed is, is action scenes. Where yeah. They just shot the crap out of something, and they've just cobbled it together, and it's as long as it's cut fast. I think there was a thing on the internet where they showed a, a thing of Liam Neeson in one of the Taken movies, jumping over a fence. Yeah. And I think it was something like 19 separate shots. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like... But, you know, but I think really good action action directors like... Um, uh, what's his name? Campbell, the guy that did... Uh, he did um, GoldenEye and um, he did Casino Royale and he did a movie called The... the, the is it The Foreigner? The Jackie oh, Chan? Sounds, yes, that's... For, I've seen The Foreigner. He does action the foreigner, really well. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like... I think some people just write, oh, there's, then in the movie, in, then there's a car chase. But I think action scenes have to be as well prepared and as well written as any dialogue scene or any other 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 sequence. Yeah, in the latest Born Identity, where that film where it was just shots of chases that didn't actually make sense. Just I never really, saw really, the lot of the most recent one. It was really saw. awful. Yeah, I heard about it. It's bad. It's odd watching a, a bad car chase, like in the Die Hard films. And um, then I think after that, I watched Bullet, which mm-hmm. is the Steve McQueen film yeah. with a famous car chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the pace is completely different. Mm-hmm. But you follow it; it's just a, it's almost like Jewel, the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the 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 car chase in that way. It's quite slow and sinister. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. quick cuts of shots that don't. Yeah. I think count. I think the mistake people make is that when it's an action sequence, that the story and character and emotion stop. And yeah. then it carries on when the action sequence is. It's not. It's, it should be a part of it. You should be learning stuff about characters. You should be the plot should be moving forward with the action. And that's that's what I think is the mark of a really good action scene is when all that stuff is happening as well. You're in, you're engaged with it as opposed to right here's a car chase because it's been eight minutes since we had a, an action scene. So here we go. Tell me, I can afford a car chase, bike chase. You could do a bike, yeah, bike chase or rollerblade chase or bike chases. Foot chase. Always better than car chases. Yeah, running, running's good. Or horses. Can you got a horse? I, can, I can't really run that fast. No. What, what's available to you on the Isle of Wight? Well, I could do for that. I could do the fast walking chase. You know when they do in the Olympics when they do the. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Maybe no chasing. 
Mm-hmm. It could be like the scene in uh, in The Wolf of Wall Street where they're all drugged and they're just crawling. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that was brilliant. I was in hysterics watching that. I watched trying to trying to have trying to run when you're been you've been uh, drugged. These are all ideas. These are all good ideas. Um, I'm trying to think what else I should. Um, uh, what well, it could be like an opera because, like in an opera, they sing and dance and, and, and do stuff, and then they go off stage, and then there's a battle in the intermission. They come back and they talk about what happened in the battle or what happened in the action scenes. You don't you don't get the action scene in operas; you just get the aftermath, either pre the build up and the aftermath. I've never been to an opera. You? How could, is that why they're about four hours long then? Just talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. They go. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that, and then it's like. I'm intermission. Oh my god! I can't believe we lost. Everyone's dead. Oh, so you yeah. don't see the action in the middle. He's put me off the whole. The whole. Um, you can do running. You can run. Running I is good. I can't run. Um, last time I ran in something, the director said to me, "All right, you don't need to do the stupid run." And I said, well, "That's my." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What do you mean?" And it was my normal run. Right. Okay. It's really. I don't know why. I, I've seen myself run and thought, are you doing it on per- that badly on purpose? But mm-hmm. is that is natural. You could do a chase. If you're on the Isle of Wight, you could do, maybe do a chase where it's two elderly people on uh, mobility scooters chasing yeah. each other. And there's just one's got one slightly better charge and they're creeping up. And well, let's see what we do in the budget. I'd pay cur- to see that. Currently, it's very, very low. <laughs> I suppose the, the difference between a chase scene on the Isle of Wight is just you run out of, run out of land. You just be doing laps. Water scene, beach scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think uh, everyone would like to see me running slowly, slow mo, uh, slow mo in my pants in the beach. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a rowing boat chase or a pedalo chase. Yeah. Well, we'll see how we go budget wise. Okay. I'm running. Have any other questions? I think that's about about it. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to, it's tricky because you know my my daughter makes you know uh, Beanie Boom movies and she's editing away. Oh, does she? She's picking it up very quickly. What is quickly. this Beanie Boom? They're like these little soft fluffy toys. She makes My Little Pony movies and puts on them her on phone the, on her iPad. She shoots them on her iPad, edits them on her iPad, presses a button, it goes up to her YouTube channel. Wow! Done on her iPad. All Who text. does this, Emily? Yeah, yeah. So it's. I mean, when I was at film school, which was in the nineties. It would be ten grand to make a ten-minute short film, which then no one would watch because yeah. there's no one, nowhere to show it. You could maybe show it at a film festival. You could maybe show it. It may un- highly unlikely it would get shown on television. Even more unlikely it would get shown at a cinema. And now it's it's almost too easy to make a film because it's like everything's there, and you can you can make yourself look really stupid really quickly by making a bad film, as opposed to if you wanted to make a film back in back in those in the film days, you'd have to. Still, have to spend a huge amount of money just to just to get something up on the screen. It's easy, basically. James was saying it's easy. It's it's not, yeah, but it's not it's not writing a story, a really good story, a pencil and paper. It still remains the technology means nothing. It's all about story and character. And if you don't have that, it doesn't matter what you shoot it on four K, one K, eight K, twelve K. It's a waste of time. I agree. Well, on that note, thank you very much, James. Thank you. Um, are there any things that people could follow you on? Uh, I'm on Twitter, JJ Branch, letter J, J, two J's and Branch. I'm on. I have another Twitter account which is for my Final Cut Pro 10, which is is it James Branch FCPX or J Branch FCPX? Oh, I didn't know this one. It's very geeky, very dull. It's J all, Branch. It, it's a special edit, edit, editing. Yeah, I just it's just one I talk about Final Cut Pro 10 stuff because because everything I put on my other Twitter feed just goes onto Facebook and it's like all my Facebook friends are like, going, what are you talking about? This is the perfect Twitter account for 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 editing. Gigs. Very nerdy, very lots of very nerdy editing articles and and uh, and uh, YouTube videos and stuff. James Branch 
FCPX. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, James. It's My pleasure. Fine. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, good to see you. Nice to see you. And um, uh, stay hygienic is the sign-off for this one. <laughs> stay hygienic. Keep your nose clean. Well, I've known James Branch for about the last 15 years. And I have to say, he's one of the nicest people in the entire world. Um, if you want to follow him, as he said, his Twitter account about editing is at James Branch FCPX. And he recommended Gordon Willis. If you look up him, who's a cinematographer on YouTube, there's a couple of films there. And he also recommended a YouTube channel called This Guy Edits, all about editing, and one called Cinema Tyler. So please have a look into those channels if you're interested. Also, if you would like to donate towards the making of the film, just go to marriottlarwood.com forward slash Marriott Makes a Movie or click on the link there. And I'm doing a sort of relaxed blog about my making of a film. And you can donate there. And if you donate £5 or more, I'll send you a letter and a rubbish badge. And any help is much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, as I said before, stay hygienic. Bye. <laughs>